Hello and welcome to Fields Church. This message from Pastor Richard Smith was recorded during our live online service on the 31st of January 2021. We hope you enjoy it. Great to see you guys. Oh, it's just amazing to see people worshipping. I could only have three or four people on my particular screen at one time, but it's just great to come together to worship. I was singing my heart out. I was raising my hands and just enjoying this moment with God. It's great to see everybody's faces. Welcome to everybody. Uh, I just want to get straight into the message this morning. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for the word of life, that it brings life, that it sustains life, that it gives life. Thank you, Father God, as I share this word this morning. They're your words. And I thank you, Father God, for the Holy Spirit. You are the true teacher. Carry this word to every heart and every mind, that every heart would be open to hear what you would say to the church, your living church today. I thank you as I preach today, Father God, that every heart will be open, dispelling all doubt, fear and unbelief. And your words are like seeds, we believe, that will go forth into the heart, which is the soil, and produce a harvest 30, 60 and 100 fold. Amen. Amen. Have you got your Bibles this morning? Have you got your electronic devices? I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures to write down now. So it's preempted a little bit. So turn with me to Isaiah 53. We're going to read from verse three onwards and uh, just make a note of the next couple of verses. Matthew 24, 9. Mark 8, 31. Psalm 34, 19. But Every time we go to another verse, I want you to keep your I want to keep your Bibles open to Isaiah 53. Keep your marker there. Uh, as Steve said, he, he's just mentioned part of the uh, the uh, message series. It's living victoriously in difficult times. We all know that we're living in difficult times at the moment and we're all in the same storm. Someone said, you know, we're all in the same boat. I don't actually believe that's true. Someone said we're all in the same storm, but we're in different boats. But I want to say that Jesus is in the boat with you as we go through any difficult times that we're facing in our lives. You know, the subject, part of the subject I want to share today is around Isaiah 53. And it talks about the suffering servant. So that doesn't sound like victorious living, does it, in difficult times. But just hold that thought just for a moment. Let's have a look at the word suffering. What does that mean? The word suffering in the dictionary means the condition of one who suffers, the bearing of pain or distress. What comes to mind when we think of suffering? You know, we, all, we can all suffer in different ways and that word can take on many, many meanings. You know, we could suffer with ill health. We could suffer because we've made bad decisions in our lives. Some of the bad decisions that we've made in our lives are still affecting our days uh, today, our world today. You know, we can suffer hardship. We can suffer rejections, rejection. And as Christians, we can suffer persecution. And the main point of this teaching isn't just to focus on suffering, but to show us how to respond to suffering when we suffer in some way, with all the ways I've mentioned. And I just want to highlight Christ's suffering on Isaiah 53. We know that Jesus died a cruel death on a cross and he was beaten and scourged. And, you know, if you've if you weren't there, you could never understand the magnitude of what Jesus went through to pay for your salvation and my salvation. How many of you saw The Passion, the movie The Passion? 
Yeah, I saw that many years ago, probably 15 years ago, whatever it was, and it was so graphic. And I want to just spell out the, the, the graphicness, if that's a word, the way Jesus suffered for us. So we're going to have a look at that. But more importantly, the way Jesus responded to his suffering. So are you there in Isaiah 53 verse 3? We're going to read from the New King James. I just want you to, I'm going to pick out these words. Just see if you can think of these words, the ones that I'm going to talk about as I go through it. It says, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, as that word despised again, and we did not esteem him. Verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Did you get some of those words already? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. It goes on to say the chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone from his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, we can read these verses and gloss over uh, those words, but we would never know how much Jesus suffered unless we look through those words. And that's what I'm going to do this morning. We're going to have a look at those words a bit more forensically and just see what they mean so that we can grasp the severity of how Jesus suffered. OK, we're going to go to um, uh, the first word is the word despised. What I'd like you to do is write these notes down. Um, and again, I can't, I can't hang on every single word, but I'm going to describe every word to you and what those words mean. So you jot them down on a notepad. It's good that you take notes. If you don't like taking notes, take notes anyway. It says there, he was despised. The word despised means, it means disdain, contemptible, to scorn. It means a vile person. It also means to dislike. How many of us have been despised? How many of us do you think have been disliked? We all want to be liked, don't we? You know, we're not in a popularity contest and it's not popular to be a Christian in the day and age that we live in. But Jesus warned in advance that if they hated him, they'll hate us. If you want to keep your place in Isaiah 53, turn to that next passage of Scripture, Matthew 24, 19. That's in the, in the New Testament. We've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Are you all right this morning? Everyone OK? Enjoying just being with everybody, just enjoying seeing everybody. You know, Jesus warned us in advance that if they hated him, they'll hate us. Matthew 24, 9 says this from the new living. Then you will be arrested, persecuted and killed. You will be hated all over the world. Why? Because you are my followers. Have we got any Jesus followers here? Jesus painted this picture. And if you think, well, I never signed up for this. This is what we signed up for. You know, if anyone ever told you 
The moment you give your life to Jesus, all your troubles are over. You're never going to have any more problems in life. They lied to you. Jesus didn't say to his disciples, okay, guys, come and follow me. And I'm going to make life comfortable for you. I'm going to make life a little easier for you. So you can just take it easy. Amen. And it's the same today. We're not just sitting parked up waiting for Jesus to come. We are an active church and we need to be active. And I want to say tonight, everybody needs to come to the prayer meeting tonight at seven o'clock. We need to see a breakthrough. I want breakthrough in my life. I want to see breakthrough in your life, physically, spiritually, emotionally, socially and relationally and financially. And this is a time where the, not just us as Fields Church are going to come together, but I believe the world is coming and gathering. Churches all over the world are coming together. They, they fast and pray at this time of the year and they gather together to hold prayer meetings like this. So I want to encourage you and challenge you to be here tonight. Prod the person in front of you and say, you need to be there tonight. Prod the person on your left and say, you need to be at the prayer meeting tonight. Slap the other guy on the, on the right hand side and say, you need to be at the prayer meeting tonight. Can you say amen? You know, Jesus said this. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. You know, I'm preaching good news this morning. This is really good news. We turn on our TVs and that's all we hear is bad news all of the time. But, you know, this is, these are the things that we need to expect in life. And I'm sure many of you have had trouble as a Christian where people have, have disliked you, not liked you and, and spurned you and, and um, just don't like you. I'm sure that's true. But Jesus said, in this world you have trouble, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Jesus didn't come to take the troubles and the challenges and the problems out of life, did he? In Psalm 91, he says, I will be with you in trouble. That's a great psalm to read. We, Esther and I have been reading that every day since the start of this pandemic. And we've been praying that over ourselves, over our family, over our children, over our friends and our unsaved family. And we've been praying that over you, that God will protect you and keep you. That's what it says in Psalm 91. But right at the end of Psalm 91, it says, I, it says, I will be with you in trouble. Jesus didn't come to take trouble out of life but he said he will be with you and I want to say today that Jesus is with you right now in your circumstances where you are in the boat we are where you are in the storm that you're in right now Jesus is with you say that Jesus is with me aren't you glad Jesus is with me he's never going to leave us or forsake us the next word we're going to look at is the word rejected from Isaiah 53 and it has three meanings it means to cast off as valueless. It means rebuffed, spurned, judged, unacceptable. We're going to go to the next verse of scripture, which is Mark 8, 31. Keep your place in Isaiah 53. Mark 8, verse 31. I've given you that beforehand. And this is where Jesus actually said this about himself. The prophets of old, especially Isaiah, spoke about Jesus coming as the Messiah and he would suffer for many and suffer great things. But Jesus said the very same things when he was on earth with his disciples to prepare them. And, you know, they really didn't get it. He told them for three and a half years about these things that the Savior, he's going to have to die on a cross. And they really didn't get it. And um, they only got it at the very last after his resurrection when he met with them. Are you there at Mark 8.31 yet? The new King James says this. And he began to teach them 
that the Son of Man must what? Suffer many things and be what? Rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. Look at this, and be killed. And after three days, he will rise again. Jesus was rejected by the very people that he came to save. save. How many of us have been rejected in our life? I'm sure all of us have faced rejection many times in our lives. You know, experts say that rejection is part of normal life. So you are not alone. It's how we respond to rejection that counts. It's how we respond when people don't like us, when people curse us or hate us. Talk to someone. If you've been struggling with rejection, and I know some people, I've spoken spoken to people, uh, Christians that I know that have been part of our church, and they say, I was rejected many years ago, and I'm still being rejected, and I still feel rejected. We've got to come to a place where we allow, when we know who we are in Christ, to not allow rejection to affect us anymore. Amen? Everyone has the need to feel loved to feel accepted and to feel significance in their life. And part of overcoming rejection is knowing who we are in Christ. When we know who we are in Christ, things like that, when people don't like us, when they talk about us, when they reject us as Christians, when you've been rejected by a loved one, by your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband or your wife, Jesus will never reject you. He accepts us just as we are. We are loved by him, accepted by him. We find our significance in him. Amen. You know, the term in verse four of Isaiah 53, if you want to go back there with me. Are you all okay? It's thirsty work preaching to you guys. The term in verse four of Isaiah 53, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows means this. That he's taken upon himself our diseases, griefs, sickness, malady, anxiety, calamity. You know, I've had sickness where I've been healed from certain sickness in my body. I've been healed from emotional wounds that I received as a a young kid going into adulthood. And I carried those things from me. You know, Jesus has taken those things from me and I no longer suffer with those things. Let's have a look at the next word, the word sorrows. The word sorrows, where we can see in Isaiah 53, means affliction. It means grief. It means pain. It means sorrow. Just turn to Psalm 34, 19. I've given you that beforehand. We're going to go back to Isaiah, these words in Isaiah 53, if you'll just bear with me. It says there in Psalm 34, verse 19, we just seen that Jesus has carried our sorrows. That means affliction, grief, pain and sorrow. Psalm 34, 19 says, many are the afflictions of who? The righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Did you see that? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. That's you and me. You're righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. Right. Okay. Let's go back to our next word. The word stricken means this. Lay the hand upon to strike violently, to punish. It means to defeat destroy. It means to beat, 
smite or strike. I know it's hard for you to write all those words down. What I might do is just get this synopsis of my message and just send it on our Fields family thing with all these words and the meaning so you can jot them down yourself and look at them a bit widely, a bit more widely. The word smitten means to strike severely, to beat, to cast forth. It means to give wounds. It means to kill. It means to punish, slaughter, slay, smite, strike, be stricken, give stripes. It means to wound. This is very descriptive, isn't it? Can we imagine the kind of things that Jesus went through? He wasn't just crucified on a cross as abhorrent and as terrible and as horrible as that is. Can you imagine the physical pain that Jesus went through? Can you imagine not only the physical pain, but the emotional pain that Jesus went through? You know, Jesus can identify with everything that we go through. He can because he suffered and died a cruel death for you and for me so that you and I could be free. Can you say amen to that? Do you want to rejoice that you're saved this morning? Do you want to give Jesus a wave and a clap and a cheer and a shout? Come on. The word afflicted means to deal harshly with, to defile, exercise force, to humble. It means to hurt, to ravish. It means to weaken. Verse 5 goes on to say in Isaiah 43, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. The word wounded means this, to wound, to dissolve, to profane a person, to break, to defile, pollute, cast as profane, to slay. It means slain, sorrow, stain and wound. You know, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Jesus was sinless. He was innocent. We were guilty. And yet he took the world's sin upon his shoulders and he was wounded and bruised on our behalf. Do you know, do you remember what it's like when you do sin, even as a Christian? How do you feel? You feel like there's a weight on your shoulder. You feel ashamed. You don't feel right about it. Can you imagine? That's just the few sins that we might have. And all sins are abhorrent. But can you imagine Jesus, the Son of God, having the world's sin placed on his shoulders and having gone through all these things? And this Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Jesus was born and came into the earth. Can you see that? The word transgressions means rebellion. It means sin, transgression and trespass. How many of us have been rebellious? Sometimes Christians are rebellious. When I was a young man, I was very rebellious. I, I, I did everything I could to rebel against society, police, those in authority, those around me. I hated the church. You wouldn't, I used to say, you won't see me dead in church. 
And yet now I'm a pastor leading a church. Isn't that amazing? God's, you know, God's got a, a great sense of humor. He uses the simple things of this world. Amen. He uses those who are not, not simple in the sense that you're stupid. Do you know what I mean? He uses the simple of these things of this world to confound the wise. And he can use anyone and he wants to use you. Amen. As sinful as, and as much as we mess up, God still loves us and wants us and has a plan and a purpose for you. Amen. And a vision for your life. Can you say amen to that? The word bruised, it means beat to pieces, break in pieces. It means bruise, contrite, crush, destroy, humble, oppress and smite. You know, bruising represents bleeding on the inside. If you were to knock your hand and you got a bruise, the blood actually bleeds on the inside. It doesn't come out unless you had a cut on your hand or your face or some other part of your body where the blood comes out. That's what bruising is. So, you know, his punishment and suffering was as much internal as it was external, both physical and emotional. He was broken so that we could be whole. That's why when we take communion, when we break the bread, his body was broken for you. Do you get that? His body was broken for us. His blood was shed for us because without the shedding of blood, the Bible says there's no remission for sins. If you're ever wondering about that, why did Jesus have to die? Why was his body broken? Why did he bleed for me? Why did he bleed all of his blood out so that we could be whole? Amen. Without the 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 the. the um, Without blood, we can't receive forgiveness for our sins, the shedding of blood. The word stripes, you know, he received these stripes on his back. That word stripes means to mark black and blue. It means to bruise and it means to hurt and it means to wound. You know, Jesus could have received 39 stripes on his back. It was customary in Roman tradition to give 40 stripes less one because they thought maybe that last one could have killed somebody. And I believe Jesus was beaten within an inch of his life. And, you know, he wasn't just whipped. He was scourged by something called a flagrum. It was like a whip. It had leather thongs on it and it might have had glass or bone or lead on the on the whip with many strands and can you imagine him being tied to a post and then him being whipped and what it did every time they just whipped him they would drag that whip across his back and it would actually tear open his flesh and I know I'm being really graphic this morning but we really need to realize what it what Jesus the price he paid for our salvation amen He was beaten and scourged so badly. He was hardly recognizable. You know, his beard was ripped out and they spat in his face. The word iniquities, I'm moving on. The word iniquities means fault, iniquity. It means punishment of iniquity and it means sin. We deserve the punishment for our rebellion and sin. But because of God's mercy... His mercies are new every day. Because of his mercy, he saved judging us. He saved us by judging Jesus and punishing Jesus on our behalf so that we shouldn't be punished. You know, at the end of verse 61, it says, And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's the world's sin. 
was laid on Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but after reading this about the physical and mental pain and anguish Jesus must have suffered and gone through. Jesus knew this would happen. It was prophesied about him and he knew it would happen. And we need to see this in the rest of Scripture to just show us that this truly happened to Jesus. And, you know, Jesus was on the road to Emmaus. Our next verse of scripture is Luke 24, 25. And he was on the road to Emmaus after his resurrection. And he joins these two disciples and they began talking about what was happening, but they didn't recognize Jesus. And in Luke 24, 25, he said to them, then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. So he's referring back to the prophets about himself, about what is going to happen to the Messiah. Verse 26, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? So Jesus knew this, that there was coming a day. He lived 33 years on this earth and he only went into his ministry at the age of 30. And he knew that at some point, point he was going to have to give his life willingly to die a cruel death on a cross so that he could save you and me. If you want to go to our next verse of scripture, Hebrews 2 verse 10, New King James. I get really emotional sometimes when I think about what Jesus did for me. But I get so passionate. That he is not, his hand is not too short to save now. And I'm going to come to that in a moment. Hebrews 2 verse 10, are you there yet? For it was fitting for him, that's Jesus, for whom are all things and by whom all things in bringing many sons to glory. Just look at that. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. He suffered to bring many sons to glory how many sons and daughters do we have reflecting his glory today that's you and me you know we've seen a lot about how Jesus suffered but how did Jesus respond to suffering and this is the thrust of this message I know we graphically described these words in Isaiah 53 but I want to get to the point where we see how Jesus responds to suffering and we're going to look over the coming weeks how people like Paul and others suffered for the gospel and how we are to be the an example for Jesus on the earth today if we are to suffer how do we respond to the suffering that we may face we can't just give up and die we can't We can't do that. You're in Hebrews already. Let's go back to verse 2. Hebrews 12, verse 2. The new King James. I'm coming into land now. Let's get some good news. Looking unto Jesus. You know, guys, let's not just look at the things that's going on around us and and be discouraged by what's going on in our world. I know it is disheartening and discouraging. You know, just next month, we'd have been in lockdown uh, 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 a year where we haven't really come to church as a congregation. And like Steve said, all of these things have been taken away from us. These freedoms have been taken away from us. But we've got to look to Jesus, not to this pandemic. And again, as great as this vaccine must be, that isn't our hope. Our hope is anchored in Jesus, our Savior and Lord. That's where our hope must be. Amen. We have an anchor to our soul and that's Jesus. And that's what we've got to look to. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith. 
He's the one who's going to complete our faith. Amen. He's the author of our faith and he's going to finish our faith. But look at this. Who for the joy, everyone say joy, that was set before him. For the joy that was set before him. Look at this. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God, of the throne of God. There's another thing. This is the main thing that I want us to focus on over the coming weeks. That word endure and what that means and how Paul endured and how he encourages others to endure as well and these verses of scripture are meant for us today how we're meant to endure through difficult challenging times amen you know I know we're focused on the suffering but endurance is the main theme that I want to get across in this message how could joy Jesus be so joyful hanging naked on a cross He endured the shame. There's a word in that verse that we haven't mentioned yet. Can you imagine the pictures we see of Jesus on a cross? He's got a loincloth across his middle. You know, he he died naked on the cross. The shame. And you know what? If If you feel rejected and shamed today, I want to say to you that Jesus has paid the price for that rejection. And he's paid the price for your shame. In fact, he's taken all of your shame. Amen. Don't allow the devil to hold you into bondage to shame ever again. Jesus took our shame completely on the cross. When Jesus was dying on the cross, we were his focus. He wasn't focusing on the pain. He wasn't just focusing on the, uh, on the, um, uh, the problems and the challenges that he was facing, the rejection and people despising him and disliking him. The very people that he came to save crucified the king of glory. But his focus was us for the joy that was set before him. He could see us giving our lives to Jesus. And you know what? He willfully endured. I want to share what that word endure means. That word endure means this, to carry on despite hardship, to bear with tolerance, It means to suffer patiently without yielding. It means to persevere under misfortunes and trials, to bear bravely and calmly ill treatment. It goes on to say in verse 3 of Hebrews 12, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Why did he enjoy endure this suffering? The rest of the verse goes on to say, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. That's why Jesus joyfully gave his life. He endured the cross so that we wouldn't become weary and discouraged in our souls. Jesus endured all this to be an example for us. When we go through suffering, we wouldn't be discouraged and give up knowing that his sacrifice wasn't in vain and nor will ours be. Those disciples gladly, willingly died for Jesus, all but John. John the Beloved was boiled in oil and was sent to the island of Patmos. He was exiled there. All of those guys were crucified or killed by the sword. You know, Peter says, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord. And some say that he was crucified upside down. Can you imagine that? And they willingly, we don't have to suffer. Jesus doesn't want us to suffer, but we might have to. We might have to for the sake of the gospel. His sacrifice 2,000 years ago is still having a profound effect on people today. And thousands of people are coming and giving their lives to Jesus every day because of his sacrifice. The price for our salvation cost Jesus his life. Can we bow our heads for a moment? I know some of that was really difficult 
challenging and hard to read those graphic descriptions in Isaiah 53. But I want to say Jesus endured that for his love for you and me. So that we could be part of his family, those who have accepted Jesus. So that we could go to heaven and be with Jesus and live with him forever. And we have, we have this life of Jesus within us. And I want to give an opportunity for those of us today who don't know Jesus as Lord and Saviour. I believe you've not been here by accident. Maybe this is the first time you've tuned in to our church online or seen one of our videos. And I want to say to you, friend, that God, Jesus, is knocking on the door of your heart. And the handle to that door is on the inside. And he wants to come in and he wants to save you. Is that you today? But I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you'd like to be included in that prayer, won't you just say this prayer after me? That's all you've got to do. Say this, Lord Jesus, I come to you now. In the precious, wonderful name of Jesus, my Saviour. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin. Heal me and save me. Lord Jesus, I believe you died to take my sin, but I believe you were buried and on the third day you rose again. Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me now in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, going to church doesn't make us a Christian. That's a good thing to do and I encourage everyone to get to church every week. But praying a prayer like that saves us. The Bible says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you've said that prayer, you are now saved. The best thing you can do is to get into good Bible believing church and and get to fellowship with brothers and sisters like yourselves. Amen. I'm going to finish and close in prayer. Don't forget, we're going to have a cafe afterwards, two cafes open. Please join us. Please connect afterwards so that we can have a cup of coffee together. We can chat together and pray for one another. I'm going to pray and close the service right now. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to know more about Fields Church, would like to contact us or have prayer requests, please email hello at fieldschurch.uk and we'll get back to you. May God bless you this day.